We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. The much-anticipated athletic thresholds and how they fit with the Green Bay Packers version of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Morley. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley, joined today by Ross Uglum. You can find him at Ross Uglum. Uh, Before we jump into this, I do just want to plug the guide that dropped today. Um, if you are, I guess yesterday, as you're hearing this, if you pre-ordered it, it would have been in your in your inbox yesterday morning at about 8 a.m. Lambo time. Uh, gotten a lot of positive feedback on it so far. Appreciate everyone that has gone out and purchased one of those and read through it. We cannot express how much uh, how much gratitude we have for you all um, and everything we talk about today. If you are interested in kind of what we are talking about as far as athletic fits and how. You know, that all works with the Packers. Everything we're using today is from the Packers draft guide, the top 300 list. And um, it just is a collection of 
basically thresholds, athletic thresholds that the Packers have preferred to like in the past. It is not the be-all, end-all, but it has proven to be pretty accurate the last few years and something Ross and I were talking about prior to the show. One reason we can do this with the Packers and what is unique to the Packers is they have not really veered very far away in, in their thinking the last 30, 40 years. Ever since Ron Wolf came to Green Bay, these have been pretty much Ron Wolf type guys. Mike Sherman was a little bit of a, a variance away from that, but then they went right back into the thing with Ted Thompson. And then obviously we know that Brian Gutenkunz is a Ted Thompson, Ron Wolf type guy. So the thresholds that those three GMs have typically liked, there is a lot of data out there um, and pretty comfortable in saying, you know, what they like. And if they go away from it, what would be a, a pretty big outlier for them? Um, but if you're interested in purchasing that, it is now $10 now that it is live. You can go over to gumroad.greenbaydraftguide and you can pick yourself up one of those and it'll be available right away. Uh, it'll be right in your e inbox as soon as you purchase it. And you can look through that and the stuff that we're talking about today uh, is going to be right in there. And, uh, you know, without any further ado, that was my big news of the day. Ross um, dropped the draft guide big news today and then he had some other uh, personal news himself. Uh, so I do want to give the floor to Mr. Uglum and uh, give him his chance to kind of talk about uh, what, what he's got going on in his life right now. Yeah, um, you know, don't really know any other opportunity that I'll have to, uh, you know, just verbally kind of express the gratitude that I have to you, Jacob, and, and to so many others um, that have, you know, listened along and, and, and also um produce content with me, produce content for us at, at Packer Report. Um, you know, the people that kind of helped me get to where I go, but or get to where I got, but but ultimately uh, make you kind of a family decision and sort of handing over the reins to our, our buddy Zach Jacobson over at, at Packer Report. I'll still be around. It'll still be, you know, under my umbrella, if you will. I'll still be the publisher of Packer Report. But as far as the Pack a Day podcast and day-to-day Packers analysis, you know, uh, stuff like that. Once our recap stuff is done for this NFL draft, um, I'm going to be done. And, and that's because I was uh, offered an incredible opportunity at my high school alma mater, uh, where I'm the head golf coach for the boys right now, um, to expand some of my coaching duties and also to move into kind of a fundraising role for them and, and uh, pitch in here and there as a substitute teacher as well. And I just kind of fell in love with working with kids and, and coaching and teaching and, um, you know, kind of building a better tomorrow. And, and, and I've got two kids that, that aren't school age, but will be soon. And it'll be really a big thing for me to be a part of of their education. Um, and, and that was huge uh, is that that'll be the school that they go to and, and I'll kind of be there and I'll be involved in, in making it a better place. But, uh, man, well, I miss all of you and I'll miss uh, talking about the Green Bay Packers for a living. I, I never, ever in a million years thought that, um, you know, I would, I would get paid money to, to write about the Green Bay Packers. And, and that's what I've been doing for the last uh, three and a half, you know, three, four off seasons, three seasons um, at Packer Report. It's been incredible. And uh, again, not going totally away. We'll certainly be able to chip in every once in a while, pack a day, might get a wild hair and write something for Packer report. Um, so, so as I kind of signed off on the announcement, you know, it's not a goodbye. It's just see you later, but, uh, 
it'll definitely be a significant lifestyle change for me. Yeah. And, you know, one good thing about Packer Report and Pack a Day, well, amongst the many of things is that like you hit the nail on the head there, Ross, it's been fun to get to know you through this. I mean, I think our friendship goes beyond just, you know, follow covering football and, and, and whatnot at this point in our life. So it's been an awesome opportunity to work with you. And I know I'm not the only person that feels that way. Just getting to know you through, you know, the toxic website that is twitter.com uh, does obviously have some really good, good benefits, but Ross, you're not done yet. You're not done yet. We still got some juice to squeeze out of you, and we've got this draft season we got to cover. And that's going to, you know, we're going to talk. We're going to talk ball today. We're going to talk draft. Uh, We're going to, you know, I know you and I both really enjoyed this part of it, part of the draft process, you know, just going through these prospects and kind of trying to identify who are Packer people, who are the guys that they're going to target. There has been things in the past that signs, you know, thresholds, this and that, um, that each specific position has covered. Uh, And I do want to touch base on the fact of we're not always right. (laughs) You know, we're not always right. I know last year I was shocked. I was floored that they took a 24-year-old rookie in the first round. I thought that was just something they were not going to do. So, you know, as – as picks change, you kind of have to roll with it and go with it. But, you know, we are going to go through, you know, each position today and maybe just talk about one guy that we think uh, is really a Packer and maybe not just in the way that they play, but in the way that they test and in any other factors that you can look into with this. And, and Ross, I want to start with the quarterback position because for the first time in, in a long, long time, the Packers, you know, seem like they really are invested in the quarterback position this year. And I don't mean the top guys, although they had a, a relatively high, highly ranked, highly touted quarterback in for a visit this last week. Um, but just focusing on kind of those middle round type guys, there's one specific player that really stands out to me as someone that I think is a, a Packer through and through. And with the Packers, Obviously, they haven't really drafted quarterbacks, so it's hard to look at that and say, like, okay, who have they drafted? What do they have in common? I, I think it's it is pretty clear to say they like athletes, they like athletic quarterbacks, and then another thing that I think you have to factor in with the Packers is hand size. You look at these guys; it's hard to play, hard to play in Green Bay with with little baby hands. So, uh, a guy that I really like in the later rounds for this year's draft class and as I'm looking at my my thing here he'd be a tier 3 type guy because he's a little bit older and his hand size is probably a little bit below what they typically like but he doesn't have tiny hands and that's Clayton Toon the the kid out of Houston uh, super athletic athletic kid I think he had a 9.8 RAS score uh, makes plays outside of the pocket 6'2", 220. Uh, I think you watch that Houston offense and you see a kid that plays well within the confines of that. You know, Houston was a pretty, you know, pretty timing oriented offense where it was kind of one, two, three out. Uh, make sure the ball is where it needs to be. Uh, but then I do, I, I like his ability as a second reaction type quarterback. And if we're, if we're looking at people to come in and kind of be a backup to Jordan Love that still has some potential to develop, Clayton Tune to me is is someone that uh, that I'd be very interested in. Ross, who who uh, amongst this class kind of stands out to you as far as what the Packers might like? Yeah, I think the uh, 
the Clayton tune of it all makes a little sense. Tanner McKee out of Stanford is another guy you have. Um, I've seen some Hendon Hooker love, which actually, you know, if you're going to go along with the premise that the Packers have just exited the building on the age thing because of COVID, um, you use the 34th overall pick on Christian Watson. Uh, you use the 25th overall pick on uh, Devontae Wyatt. You know, maybe they have just whatever. Like, it, it, it is what it is. So, Hooker, at that point, I think makes a little sense. Um, saw Mike Renner mock him to Green Bay. Uh, and, and in this mock, now, I, I could maybe go along with it because at this mock, he got both second-round picks from the Eagles. Uh, so, they had four top 45 picks, one of which was, you know, kind of the Brian Brom pick, uh, which, as we all know, worked out famously, but that's what the Packers did. I mean, um, they took Brian Brom the draft after it was clear that they were going to hand the reins over to Aaron Rodgers. Taking Hendon Hooker in the top 45 the year after they made it clear they were going to take Jordan Love it would not be that insane. Um, it would be yet another full circle moment uh, for this, you know, Rogers to the Jets, the whole repeating history thing. I, I wouldn't do it, um, you, you know, but but if again, if, if a quarterback is one of four top 45 picks, whatever, and hooker, if you throw uh, if you throw out age, it's a lot for 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 your you know for your system and for what they've what they've liked big hands good height good and, and I think yeah. is probably a decent athlete seems like a decent athlete I think yeah. we don't have raw testing numbers but I'd be willing to guess that it's not terrible right and and yeah and where he misses on our system is. You know, he didn't test. He doesn't have a RAS score. We know he's a good athlete. You turn the tape on. He's obviously a good athlete. Older guy. I think the Packers prefer guys to be, you know, north of the 220 line. He's 217. And like you said, 10 and a half inch hands, like that plays in Green Bay. So it would be an interesting selection. And, uh, you know, those are two guys to keep an eye on for sure. One thing I was listening to our pal uh, Justice Mosqueda today and him talking about, and this is kind of a tinfoil hat type theory, but I did think it was interesting when. No, not justice. Yeah. Well, but the, (laughs) the tin, but the, the theory was, you know, the, the rumors out on Jalen Hyatt, that the Packers really like this Jalen Hyatt kid out of Tennessee. So what do the Packers do? They go to his pro day in Knoxville and then they bring in two volunteers in hooker and Wright to come to Green Bay on the top 30 visits. Is that really because they like those guys, or is that really just for them to be like, no, no, it's not just, you know, we, we like Jalen Hyatt fine, but it's really, we like these other Tennessee guys. And I don't know. It's, it is that time of year uh, for the draft where it is lying season and it is <laughs> misinformation, season. It, misinformation season. And it's tough, you know, and it's also we're bored. Let's make stuff up season. And I think some of that got out like the last couple of days on like Will Anderson, like Will Anderson didn't all of a sudden become just like a not good football player. Was he ever like a can't miss top five pick in most drafts? No, but I it just, it's funny the way this cycle plays out every single year, but let's move on to the, another position. Uh, and this is, you know, a highly contested one, the wide receiver position. And just looking through, you know, my list, there are, 
we got we have five tier one guys in this year's draft class, and I think it's I think it, it goes without saying that Jackson Smith and Jigba is is one of them. Um, I mean, the kid hits every single threshold, knocks it out of the park. Um, he is as clean of a prospect for Green Bay that you might want at that position um, with the injury, even with the injury last year. Um, but another guy that is a really, really high fit for Green Bay and someone that I really like, I've talked about him a lot, and this is uh, this is a guy named uh, Dante Davion Wicks out of Virginia, uh, 21 years old, you know, nine plus RAS. Uh, he did not run very fast at the combine, but you look at his pro day numbers, and he improved that forty so well that I think you look at that and you believe him when he says he he hurt his hip flexor when he was running at the combine. Um, he hits their production score as well. I mean, he's he's got a twelve hundred yard receiving season under his belt. Uh, when I watched this kid play, he reminds me, and this is gonna this is gonna gross out some Packers fans because they're going to say, why do you want that? But he reminds me in a lot of ways of Jamon Moore. Uh, the Obviously the pretty big bust that the Packers had out of Missouri. Uh, when this kid has the ball in his hands, he's incredibly hard to get to the ground, just like Jamon was. Uh, he's also got drop issues. Sound familiar? Uh, but I think some of the stuff with Jamon was between the ears and I don't necessarily think that's the case with Wicks. And I think if you can get a kid like him into your system and, and able to pick it up and uh, to grasp a hold of it, which is something Jamon struggled to do, I think you could really have something in Wicks, especially when you go back and watch his junior tape. His junior tape is about as good as anyone in this entire class. And uh, he's a guy, a huge uh, rack guy. Uh, run after catch. When you got a young quarterback like Jordan Love, you you want those guys. You want to be able to take a five yard out and turn it into a twenty yard gain. And I think guys like that—that's what stands out to me, even amongst the tier one types in this year's draft class. And and that's why that's a name that I know I've talked about already. But I do. I just want to hammer that home. And and also, he was in for a top thirty visit. So the Packers clearly he is on their radar. And he's someone that I, I definitely want to keep an eye on. Ross, do you want to talk about anyone besides Jackson Smith and Jigba? Uh, no, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> well, then the floor is yours, sir. The floor is yours. Um, you know, it's crazy. Just that it, it's kind of, it's coincidental, right? That he ends up fifteenth in the guide. What pack? What what pick do the Packers have? I think they have the fifteenth pick. Interesting. Um, it's hard, man. He he's a tier one Packer. Um, I I mean, they could take him, and I honestly, I I would shut the draft off. I don't, you know, I I don't care what happens after that. I just think he's such a good football player. I think he's such a perfect fit for the personnel they already have. Um, I I just. I would take him. I would do whatever it took to take him. I feel a similar way that I felt about Justin Jefferson. Now, would I do? I'm not putting that on him, right? I'm not laying those expectations. I'm just saying the degree to which, and this is all like Twitter searchable. This is not revisionist history that I loved Justin Jefferson. The, the degree to which I hoped the Packers 
would add Justin Jefferson to their roster is the degree to which I hope the Packers add Jackson Smith and Jigba to their roster. Um, I do like A.T. Perry, though, who's another tier one Packer for you. Um, I, I like his game. I like him as a player. But what you've done here, just it's time to break the curse of, of, of the first round wide receiver in Green Bay. And I can't imagine doing it with anybody better than Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think he is a Cooper Cup style player where he can absolutely dominate from the slot position. Uh, but if you need him to, he can steal reps outside. And, and especially when you have another guy like um, Christian Watson who can dominate outside and steal reps as a big slot. And moving those guys around, interchanging them, while really using Romeo Dubs in that, you know, James Jones, like rock-solid wide receiver three space, it's just unbelievable. You know, and then give me – Musgrave or Kincaid or Mayer or whomever in round two, Darnell Washington, Sam Laporta, give me one of them, and boy, we're we're cooking with gas, man. We are absolutely cooking with gas, and I'm I'm all team score one hundred because as we've mentioned ad nauseum, I'm I'm about done giving top sixty picks to Joe Barry at this point. Um, give me give give him give him to Matt Lafleur, please. Right, and. I'm all on board. And obviously it depends too on what happens with the capital that they get in the Aaron Rodgers trade. If they get capital for this year's draft as well, because I think that changes the dynamic of completely of what you can do with this. I think it would be very out of the ordinary for the Packers to only have picks 15 and 45 and take two pass catchers. I just, that would be weird to me. I just, I can't, they haven't done that and doesn't mean they won't, but man, uh, we'll see. And yeah, JSN is him. Like he is him. And that is who I want in this offense. And the, just to touch on the slot thing really quick, that's for some reason has been downplayed for some reason. You, you mentioned Cooper Cup. I'm going to ask you a couple questions here, Ross. Okay. True or false? Did the Rams run their offense through Cooper Cup? Yes. Did the Rams win a Super Bowl? Yes. Okay. No no further questions. Right? I mean, it's so silly. It is so silly that you would turn your nose up at a kid that could potentially be a 100-catch, 1,500-yard type guy for you because he plays in the slot. Like, that's – he's a weapon. A weapon is a weapon. And just take the kid. I don't even care if he plays on the outside because he doesn't need to in this offense. That's the other thing. The defensive players that line up in there can't cover him. So why do I care? Why? Right. Why do I? Why do I care that he doesn't line up outside? Hey, he can't. He can't uh, separate on the outside. Great. Oh, don't play him there. <laughs> just don't play him there. He's going to win a lot in the middle. A yeah. lot. So and guess what? Christian Watson just ran by someone else. Yep. Yes, and and Romeo, I think, has some of that in him too. I think people forget that about Romeo at Nevada. He was a bit of a bomber himself. Uh, so he is not he is not someone to I think turn your nose up at either. It's it, the, the, it's exciting. We can talk more about it if they take him because if they don't, that that's the one that's going to hurt if they don't take him for me at at least at this point in this year's draft class. But uh, moving on to the other pass catchers, this is an interesting one, Ross, because I don't know what the Packers like in tight end. I have no idea. Hard they, to know. They they've had they've they've hardly drafted guys. The guys that they've drafted have been non athletes when. 
every piece of data tells you they better be a freak athlete. But the good news is for this this draft, let me count. One, two, three, four. There are 12 guys, 12 with plus eight RAS scores in this year's draft class. And of those 12, most of them, 11 of them are in like the top. So 10 of them are in the top 150 in our guy or close to it. So we don't need to talk too much about thresholds with this. I, I really just hope that they've kind of learned their lesson and just said, hey, we'll take the freak athlete. So what they'll do is they'll take Kincaid, who didn't test, and we have no idea what type of athlete he is. But uh, I'd be fine with that because he a dog. He's a dog. But of the guys that we do know about, one guy that I think, you know, really two, I guess, so two guys that I think just don't get enough love in this year's draft class are, one, Brenton Strange out of Penn State, 9 RAS, 22 years old, Really good tape. Uh, he, he's a pretty natural pass catcher, and he's also the type of guy that will run his face through you. I really liked his tape, and he's someone that I think has been picking up a little bit of steam lately. Uh, but don't be surprised when you hear his name like in play at pick 45. I think he is that type of player. I think he's been kind of shooting up draft boards. We don't have him ranked that high in the guide, uh, but I think it's one of those situations where – uh, the NFL is higher on him than a lot of people like us are. And the other guy that I really like that I don't think is, that is talked about enough is Will Mallory, the Miami kid, who has, you know, again, really good athlete, fluid kid that you see it on, on tape. He's got really oiled up hips, can move in and out of his routes. He's really smooth at the top of his routes. And he was productive at Miami. Um, so that's just two guys that in any other year, Uh, you would kind of circle and bullet point and be like, this is the guy to go get in the mid rounds because they are, you know, they have that athletic upside and they've had good enough tape, but there is a bevy of those types of guys in this year's draft class. Um, Obviously you have the guys at the top that we have talked about quite a bit, but Ross, is there anyone, it could be a guy at the top that you like a lot, but is there anyone even in the middle rounds that has kind of caught your eye as, as someone that you just think like this could be a Packer and should be a Packer? You know, it's tough because obviously we've talked about, you know, them not waiting until – we just don't know anything, right? That's the tough thing. We, we don't know the thresholds. We don't understand them, right? Because that was the thing with DeGuara and, and to a, even more of an extent, Richard Rodgers and Jay Sternberger. It, we, we don't understand it, and especially like you mentioned – these guys are – if there's anything to know about tight ends, it's like they're kind of like edge rushers, right? Take the highest athleticism scores you can find, kind of cross-reference it with the general consensus, and you're going to find the best players. Um, you know, Kittle was a freak, and, and I know he wasn't drafted highly, but like the high RAS guys are are all the ones that are really making it happen. And – um, it's, it's no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big, big, big Luke Musgrave guy. I am. Uh, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, a, a, a Sam Laporta even paired with a, a fourth or a fifth round pick on a guy like Will Mallory, because I think Laporta and I'll throw even in because we won't r- probably discuss him when running backs come around. I'll throw in a Hunter Lipke out of Spencer, Wisconsin in the same, like Laporta or Lipke paired with a, with a tight end who's at least six foot five in this draft. Or free agency, you know that kind of that second wave. Um, I, I think that'd be good. 
I do. I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, I, I don't think the Deguara thing and, – and maybe, look, I think Love Love likes Deguara a lot more than Rodgers does. It, it, that's apparent, right? Um, but but a, a guy like Hunter Lipke in that use chick role, a guy like Laporta in that use chick slash Deguara role, and then someone like the, the Michigan tight end, is it Schoonmaker, Schoonmaker? How do you – Schoon, I think. Schoonmaker. Okay. So, you know, someone like him, someone more of an inline guy, sure. You know, I think I think a number of those things could 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 make sense. I, I think they're gonna draft two unless something happens in in uh free agency. I think they have to draft two. As much as they're probably excited about DeGuar and Tyler Davis, I, I think you, you gotta get a few more options. Um, and a few more body types in that room. If you're going to lose Tunyon, which they already did, if you're going to lose Big Dog, which they are almost certain to do, unless it's like Kincaid or, you know, like a Darnell Washington, where you feel like you can fill multiple roles, they might have to add multiple bodies to that room. Yeah, absolutely. And it's exciting because I think tight ends are fun to kind of watch develop throughout the league uh, because they're usually not guys that come in and can play right away. Um, so that's another thing to keep in mind with the tight end position is maybe they weren't willing to take one because Rodgers was at the end of his tenure in Green Bay. And they're like, we can't wait on a kid to develop. Well, that's that's not here anymore. Right. They they have time to wait on a kid to develop now. So nothing is better for a young quarterback than a, a stud tight end. I, I truly believe that. I don't I think Travis Kelsey is the best is the most dangerous weapon in the NFL. Uh, just because of the, the mismatch problems that he he provides. But let's move on to the running back position. Um, and I actually was going to talk about Hunter Lipke. He's a Tier 2 guy from North Dakota State. Uh, he probably is a Tier 1. The Packers have tend to kind of, tended to kind of lean towards 10-foot-plus uh, you know, broad jumps at this position, which is the case for a lot of them. The Packers, two, two things that they really value, or it seems like, are broad jump and three-cone. Um, but Lipke is a guy that just is under 10 foot broad jump and he's at 230. So I, I think they would fudge on that just because one, he's not really a true running back, and two, he's pretty much a bear at his size. But um the Packers are not gonna probably take a running back high. And so you look at this group and you say, okay, well, who's gonna be available in the mid-rounds? That kind of fits everything that they like. Uh one thing across the board again is uh, you know. 205 pounds kind of seems to be the cutoff that they tend to like. Uh, Aaron Jones is like 208, uh, but they like guys that are a little bit bigger. Obviously, A.J. Dillon was huge, um, but that's something I've been looking at. And someone that uh, really stuck out to me as a guy that when you watch him, it's just like, man, he he would fit really well in this outside zone type scheme is the kid out of UCLA, Zach Charbonnet. Yes. Uh, he, he is, uh, he's a top 50 guy for us. Um, but man, when you watch his tape, like that is the guy that you say, like, that's a Packer, like would make a lot of sense in this offense. It's just, would they be willing to take him probably high enough that you'd pro that you would most likely have to take him at? Um, and Ross, I got a, 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 an elongated yes out of you when I said his name. So talk to me, you know, this was your position that you uh, graded for the, for the guide. And uh, you probably can talk more about Charbonnet than I can. Yeah. That's why Charbonnet is a top 50 player. <laughs> uh, is because I did the guide. Um, I'll tell you, three guys, Charbonnet. Uh, the only thing is, is I would want him in the third round where A, Packers players go to die, and B, I don't think 
that he'll necessarily be available. Like I wouldn't probably burn a top 45 pick on a running back this year. Um, if it was Charbonnet, I'd get over it, I think. But it just seems like a crazy way to use resources. Uh, resources and guys they might actually take. I love, and, and, and part of it, I'm sure, subliminally, is because NDSU recruited the crap out of this kid, Evan Hull from Northwestern, who the Gophers didn't want. And, and look, Mo Ibrahim worked out great for them, as did Trey Potts, and they've had a number of, of backs kind of go through there. But, man, Evan Hull is such a smart back and such a skilled back in the passing game. And then you look at kind of his upside as a runner, and we're talking about a dude with, you know, a, a 9-3 RAS score and at 209 pounds. Um, I, I think that might be somebody they take a look at. The Abanacanda kid I think is kind of raw, but he's a super athlete and he's very young. Uh, that he, He's from Pitt and then – um, I kind of like both of these, the, both the Illinois brothers. Uh, I understand mm-hmm. that Sidney Brown can't tackle, but Chase Brown doesn't have to tackle because he's a running back. Uh, and, and so I've enjoyed Chase Brown's work uh, for the Fighting Illini. And, uh, you know, obviously tremendous athletic upside. You look at his RAS score. But I, I just thought he did, you know, some of the dirty work and just some of the stuff that um, the Packers could see in a mid-round, mid-round kind of Aaron Jones replacement guy or – long-term A.J. Dillon replacement guy, or just an RB3. Um, and then the other, you know, go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of RB3, you know, they brought in Keaton Mitchell, the East Eastern Carolina kid who is small. You know, he's like 179, uh, like what, 5'8", five, 5'7". Five, five, but what I'm getting to with that is, you know who else is 179 in short? Bring me Deuce Vaughn. Just oh gosh! Bring him, just, just bring him to me. If if they're gonna step outside of their thresholds, bring me that man and let him do, let him do the Tyler Irvin stuff. Let him go in motion. Let him play in the slot. Let him take some take carries too, because he's gonna get you yards. Like I just, I love that kid. I love watching him play. Um, I love his story, and he he would be so embraced by Packers fans as well, just because I think, man, you like the character that Aaron Jones brings to this locker room. You're going to like Deuce Vaughn as well. And if there was anyone, I mean, honestly, anyone in this draft class, and I'm just saying, hey, forget your thresholds, you know, bring me this guy, it's, it's Deuce Vaughn. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry. 
with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, and, and this is, you know, I, I know I, I made the comp and it's a lazy comp because it went to the same school. But, like, I wanted Darren Sproles in Green Bay as towards the end of his career forever just because I thought he would create some of the same matchup problems for Aaron Rodgers that he did for Drew Brees. And, and I, I don't know, although, man, he did run a lot of routes at K-State. Like, I don't know if he's exactly the type of receiver that Sproles was. But, boy, I, I think he could be something kind of special. And, and that's why, you know, uh, that part is interesting to me about like a real true pass catching back. And that's not something that they've had necessarily. Um, I, I think Eric Gray would be interesting if he had tested better because uh, he is a really special pass catching back as well. Um, but that's, that's what, and, and look, I get that Aaron Jones is very good in, in the past game, but You've seen some deep drops from him on some good balls from Rodgers. And, like, he he's a very good all-around back. I would not call him a pure passing down back. Like, I would not call Aaron Jones a receiving back. He has made some excellent plays. He's useful there. But, man, like a true third down back would be an interesting thing to add to this offense. It would. And I think people are still living on the Aaron Jones versus Kansas City game. Three yeah. <laughs> four years ago, where he just absolutely had Ben Neiman in a blender, you know, and yeah. it's just like he had 170 receiving hours, and that's like 30 percent of his career productivity. Um, but in any case, the running back position is interesting. They don't really need a a bell cow in any sense of the word, um, but they could get they could get weird could get weird with one of those guys. Um, and I think running back is a position where you can do that if you can find a role for them. Um, but moving on, uh, the last two offensive positions we'll talk about, then we'll kind of start cruising through some defensive ones. Um, I want to talk about interior offensive line, you know, so guards and centers. And you look at this, and, man, you look at the guide ranking, and you look at tier one guys, and who sits amongst the top of that list is none other than Cody Mock. Uh, from North Dakota State, who, by the way, the Packers have, per Cody, met with twice. And it, it does not, it should not come as a surprise to you because, you know, he hits the magical, the shuttle number and the three-cone number that not only the Packers like, but that's also a pretty predictive score that you can kind of weed through NFL offensive linemen and guys that score well in the shuttle and three-cone tend to have better careers. And Cody is a kid that played left tackle at North Dakota State, I think he would kick inside to either guard or center 
for the Packers. But again, it's it's a very similar conversation to the running back one where it's like, do they take a guy that high that is not going to come in with a team that has some holes on it that is going to not come in and be just like, hey, here's the job. It's yours. He would have to beat out a good football player in John Runyon. And that's probably where you would say, hey, that's the weakest spot, maybe center. I don't know. Um, but, hey, go beat out John Runyon, who's been a good football player for us for the last three years. So do you take a guy that high? I I don't know. Um, but, Ross, you know, is there anyone else on this list as you look through it and say, like, hey, I would love that fit for the Packers, um, you know, yada, yada. There's actually – there is also a guy on here, Ross, that a lot of Packers fans really, really like in the first round that does not hit you know he's got some ugly red marks on his name as far as the three cone and the shuttle um that i think would surprise some packers fans and that's peter skaronsky uh not a super high fit for the packers actually didn't run the shuttle and did not have a good three cone time did not hit hit the threshold but um is there anyone else on this list that just kind of pops off the page to you ross not, not particularly. You know, we we mentioned the Wipler kid, or I have mentioned the Wipler kid as a high fit. Um, I, I I did do some of the team fitting stuff for the Packers on the offensive line, but I think it's Cody. Um, as as far as you know, I think he could play all five spots. I think he can comfortably play the four spots that aren't center right away. Um, I, you know, obviously Freaky Raz score, uh, elite three cone, elite shuttle. I, I think it's Cody. And, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. I also think it's interesting, you know, how few guys there are. I also talked to – now, Tyler Steen is an Alabama guy, but he transferred in from Vanderbilt, and I've been good friends with their offensive line coach since his time at North Dakota State. And I really like Tyler Steen. He's really, really, really close to being someone who would be, you know, a, a high fit for them. I think his three-cone time is off by like three hundredths of a second. But he's a guy that can play a ton of spots as well um, and has just played a ton of SEC football, Tyler Steen. Yeah, uh, he's another guy that's a tier two type guy, but just barely. Uh, yeah, so, barely. Yep. And, and that's part of it, too, is like you'll see that like Sean Ryan last year, I think, was very similar, was like. I think actually had the exact same three cone time and was a tier two type guy and they took him. So, you know, again, you know, that's what we said at the top of the show. This is not the be all end all, but it is just kind of a fun little filter to look through. Um, and then the offensive tackle position. What's interesting, it, what's interesting and annoying about the offensive tackle position for me, guys, test. Do the do the damn thing. Like so many of these guys, we have, you know, just insufficient data on. Pretty much all the top tackles didn't do the shuttle, the three cone or both. And that's stupid. That's frustrating to me because I want that data. I want to see who's in there uh, because you can come through here and say stuff like, Hey, well, Paris Johnson is probably a really great fit for the Packers. Like, yeah, he probably is. Probably. But guess what? He didn't <laughs> yeah, run the shuttle. He didn't run the three cone. He, they probably would take him. Um, and, and honestly, I've talked to people about this and I've talked to agents about it and, Teams have these times already. Like these guys are working out their 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 fitness centers or wherever they're going to, you know, Exos or whatever. They have these times. They know exactly what they run. And teams for the most part trust these places. So if you want to get that information, I think you just have to work for a team. And I think that's kind of like the the deal here. But my thing is if you're good at it, 
then do it. And if you're not good at it, then don't. And a guy that we can talk about is Darnell Wright. He is a guy that has been started to pick up steam for the Packers at 15. Uh, He was in for a top 30 visit. He is a tier two fit, could be a tier one fit, but he did not run the three cone. He hit the shuttle time at 338. I mean, he is a big man that can move. Um, Russ, I think he is in play at 15. I actually think he would be a great pick at 15. I really like his tape. I really think that um, for what the Packers want to do moving forward, and I'll, I'll keep that in my back pocket here for, for a second, because I know you don't agree with me on that. You do not think he will be the pick at 15. You are not buying it. It is it is misinformation season right now in Uglum's head when you bring up Darnell Wright. So talk to me about that, Ross. Why do you think that Darnell Wright just is not a Packer? Uh, because he'd be like 25 pounds heavier than anyone they've started in the offensive line since they won the Super Bowl a billion years ago. That's why. Uh, I think Elton Jenkins is listed at 311 right now, and I know you're, he's probably heavier than that. I don't care. I'm talking about listed weights, same as we're going to talk about listed weights here. And Elton's 311, man. Bach is like 304, 305. They like the big tight ends that can move, um, the oversized tight end bodies. You don't see a lot. And I'm not saying Darnell Wright has a gut, but you don't see a lot of Packers offensive linemen with a gut. That's why the Sean Ryan thing was kind of funny. Or kind of like I took a picture of it at camp and was like, this is interesting, right? Um, because the guys that they end up starting are big dudes that can move. You're John Runyon Juniors. You're, you know, you go back, like I, th- I think I mentioned Sitton was 311 and Lang was 314. Um, you mentioned that like Tauscher and Clifton were more at 320, but you talk about the guys that, you know, the Bulagas, the Bakhtiaris, Sitton, Lang, um, the guys they have now, Lindsley, I think for a time was under 300, like a 296 or 297. And I understand that he's a center, but like these Orlando Brown 340-pound humans, uh, and I know that Caleb Jones is on the roster. I, I do know that, but he doesn't play. And and guys that they actually play, like 340-pound offensive linemen that you would normally put in a gap scheme for running the football, they don't play. They don't, they're not a part of the plan. So for them to burn a 15th overall pick on one, it would surprise me. And my so what I was saving is Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback anymore, and the only reason he's not I would say yeah well I mean technically <laughs> technically he still technically is uh, but there I I just can't I can just see a world where the Packers are going to want to lean on Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon this year and just say hey we we don't have the four-time MVP that can bail us out in the passing game as often um, as Jordan Love probably won't be able to early in his career. And so maybe a changing of the guard with Darnell Wright at the right tackle, just a road grader that can still get it done in the passing game. I mean, he's a four-year starter in the SEC who has good tape. So to me, that's why I still think he could absolutely be the fit. And I think that they could app, you know, they could be kind of changing their philosophy a little bit, uh, which is, I don't know if I'd suggest that either because, damn, if there's one thing the Packers do really well, it's identify offensive line talent and get the most out of them. So, you know, we'll we'll see. I, I think there's some validity to the fact that they are interested in Darnell Wright. But 
it seems like every year this time of year, so a name kind of comes out of nowhere that you're like, yeah, the Packers like him, you know, and, and then they don't take him. So um, we'll <laughs> see. We'll let's uh, let's start running through these guys a little bit quicker. That's the offense, and I did want to I wanted to spend a little bit more time on the offense because I think when you look at the top of this draft, like we're very much both pro. Like you laid it out earlier, score one hundred. Stop giving Joe Barry guys. Uh, but with that said, we're going to look at the edge class now, who is a position that you look at for this class and for this team, and you kind of say, well, if there is a spot on defense that they're going to take, you know, it's it's not unwise to take an edge early in the draft just because those guys are hard to find. Um, but a name that has been linked to the Packers quite a bit and two names really, especially at 15 are both, uh, I think they're both like tier two or tier three guys. Miles Murphy is one of them. Yeah. Miles Murphy is a tier three because he didn't do the broad. If he did the broad jump and, and had a good broad jump, he would be a tier one type guy. And then Lucas Van Ness is uh, a tier two type because he missed he missed the broad jump mark by like three percent, and so he's very close as well. Both those guys I think are big time fits um, for the Packers. Um, tier one types in this class, so a name that you you see get thrown around with the Packers. I don't know about fifteen that would kind of shock me, but that's Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. Notre Dame. 45, pick 45, like I could I could get down with that. Um, but who are some guys that uh, that you like at this edge class this year, Ross, that you think can kind of fit into what the what the Joe Barry-led defense does in Green Bay? Yeah, I, I wonder if they're not looking at smaller guys this year um, to maybe diversify that room a little bit. You know, they've always kind of gone for the hammers um, and, and the bigger, almost uh, Mike Pettin type edge. And I know anytime you even like, would mention Petten, people get nervous, but uh, I, I wonder if they're not at least you know sniffing around um, your your smaller guys like Nolan Smith that that in that past they probably wouldn't even check out or or they had Will McDonald who I love Will McDonald from Iowa State um, is too small for the Packers theoretically, but there he is having a uh, you know having a cup of coffee with them <laughs> getting getting checked out uh well, top and let me uh, let me just interject here really quick too because you already said it like the thresholds that we have here are very much like mike Patton guys and yeah. but you look back further like the ted thompsons and stuff he took a clay matthews who was a you know smaller quote unquote type edge rusher that just was a freaky twitched up athlete so it's not like unheard of yeah. that the packers might like something like that it's just it could be as simple as they designed this defense to play the way Mike Pettin wanted it to. Joe Barry got here, looked at the edge room, and said, well, shit, we got Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, and now here comes, you know, Kiki uh, Kingsley last year. It's not a high knee. Like, why would we draft – why would we spend premium capital on that when we've got three guys here that are really good that I like that I can play with? Now, Zadarius is gone. You know, Rashawn is hurt, and – Joe might interject and say, hey, this is who I like. I like Nolan Smith. I want him in my defense. Like, I could very much see that happen. Yeah. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I, I just think it, it might be time. And, and one guy that, honestly, I don't know if he's quite as twitched up, but his play style reminds me a little bit is, is Felix Anadike Ozoma from um, 
K-State is is right at that Clay Matthews size. It's th- at 6'3", 255. Um, more of a, a, you know, end, I would say, in college. Like, USC kind of used Clay all over the place. K-State really didn't with Felix. Like, he just he just played edge. Um, and, and that's, you know, what I see for him, obviously, at the next level. But uh, that's another guy we don't really have RAS testing for, but I, I think will would have probably been, you know, relatively in the range if they're going to be interested in the Clay Matthews body type, which they haven't been, right? I mean, they haven't been interested in the Clay Matthews body type. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if they're interested in the smaller edge because that is something for sure that um, – you know, they, they got involved in, and, and, and did with uh, Joe Barry in L.A. He had, you know, I think Obo Okoronkwo, um, another uh, Uchenna Nwosu, or no, that was the Chargers. I, I think he had a couple of, of the smaller, you know, edges, uh, pass rushy edges uh, besides Obo Okoronkwo out there that were taken while he was in charge, but they kind of, you know, they got done. They got it done a little bit different ways. You know, you can uh, design things a little bit differently. You got an Aaron Donald in the middle. Yep. Um, so yes. Let's let's kind of start running through these just because we're at forty five minutes already. We could talk about this for probably three hours. But the cornerback position is another position full of wimps that wouldn't test, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't want any of them on my team. Just kidding. I would if De- Devon Weatherspoon wanted to come uh, do all that, he's fine. But we don't have. Like the top guys, we don't have it much on Weatherspoon. We don't have much on um, Gonzalez. We don't have much on Joey Porter Jr. We have their RAS scores, but they like didn't do the three cone. And to me, that's annoying. Uh, Cam Smith, another one, don't have his three cone. Like none of these guys ran the three cone. Riley Moss didn't run the three cone. Um, but guys that did, like obviously Julius Brantz out of K State is a like ten RAS type guy. His his three cone is silly just silly six six three um he's a guy that he is a tier one fit a guy that i think is really interesting for the packers is makai gardner uh just because he's a tier one fit but i also think he can play safety uh those are two names that i'm really interested in um if you know they they want to go that route in the middle rounds i'm not completely sold on the fact that they take a corner at 15 unless one of them one of those top guys fell and they just were absolutely in love with them. Um, but Ross, who are some guys watching this class and getting familiar with them? You know, maybe even if we don't have all their athletic testing that just stood out to you as someone that you think would be useful in this defense. One guy who we do have most of his athletic testing that I think people would lose it if he was the pick at 15, but uh, try to find the cornerback just to make sure he caught all your things. I think I got to go back up here. Where did or do we not have information? I'm looking for banks. Oh, we don't have three cone. Yeah, he didn't. Really we don't have three cone. Uh, other than that kid, other than that, that kid's a freak. <laughs> that, that kid is a stone cold freak at a premium position from a school that they've already taken a DB from in round one. Um, I, but I really like Deontay Banks. Uh, I, I do. Um, I think the guide has banks at 45 just looking at my own list here 
this is a should get the Jeopardy music, but well, uh, the I'm, thing I'm, while you're while you're looking for that though, the guy has three corners like right around fifteen, and Joey Porter Jr. is fourteen, Cam Smith is sixteen, and Kaylee Ringo is eighteen. So like, sure, there are going to be players there that yeah, are highly higher, highly man. regarded. Yeah, that's fine. I, yeah, I, I get it. I have Banks thirty fourth overall, so I, I have him sort of just one. Like I have him as a late one, right away in round two guy, and we have him as a Packers, you know, first pick of the second round guy. Which I would be doing backflips. I, I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, are you in the round one? Banks round one, you'd be doing backflips, or Banks round two? Banks round two. Banks round two. Oh, okay. Thanks round one, yeah. I'd kind of be chuckling because I'd just be like, Goody, you're at it again. Yeah. But Banks round two would be sick. Yeah. There's Here's the thing. There's going to be a good corner there at 45. There just is. This is a really good corner class. And a lot of these guys, although we don't have their testing, a lot of them and a lot of the top guys are like well on their way to being a tier one type. Because not only is, you know, obviously the Packers like size at the corner position. Like that's something that has been well-documented um, size 43 cone or just three things that they freaking love. And there's a lot of them, a lot of guys that fit the mold in this year's class. A lot of guys that don't fit the mold in this year's class are at the safety position. The top ranked guy, <laughs> Ross, the top ranked guy in, in our guide that hits every single threshold is uh, Chamari Connor, who's the 136th ranked player in the guide, uh, someone that is a tier one type, but not even like a top 100 type guy. Yeah, he's fine. Like, if you want to take him in round five, that's fine. But do you want to take your safety in round five and say, hey, the job is yours? Because that's yeah. kind of where they're at. Whoever they draft at safety is going to have a damn good shot at being the starting safety week one. Um, yeah. And, you know, so that's kind of it for me. Now, someone that, I love he is a my guy in this year's class for me. He is off being a tier one uh, player by one percentage point, <laughs> one percentile point in the broad jump is Jair Brown out of Penn State. And the, the DMs got heated about Jair Brown this year because there's a lot of opinions about him. Um, I just turn on the tape and I see a kid that – is always making plays when his team needs plays to be made. Uh, he came out and worked out much better at his pro day. Uh, 7.9 RAS score, you know, well above average. Uh, 5'11", 204. I just think, man, like he is everything you would want uh, to be able to just throw in there and have as a starter. I think you can get him in the third round as well. Um, but he is, a, he is a guy that I have circled, bullet-pointed, targeted, for the Packers. I just think he would be such a great fit um, in Joe Barry's kind of too high, you know, split safety type defense where, Hey, you don't need to be able to run a four, three to play in, in that type of look. And he doesn't. So uh, the instincts are there. He plays so much faster and a fun nugget about Jair Brown at the combine. He ran that awful, like four, six, six, which is a disappointing, but he also had the fastest miles per hour tracked. Um, at the combine in the gauntlet drill, which is an actual, you know, you're actually making football tight movements in that. So uh, he's a guy that you turn on the tape and he looks plenty fast to me. And he's a guy that I would love, love, love to have in Green Bay.
Ross, did I blow you away with my Jair Brown talk that you have nothing to no, say? You just didn't really kick it to me. You just sort of oh, you know, said sorry. Kept, I just I I thought you were going to be going. like great points, Jake. Great points <laughs> Almost <around>. never. Almost <laughs> never. <laughs> well, who do you like? Who 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 sticks out to you as someone in this class that you're like, yeah, you could you know because the the other thing about this position is the Packers need a starter. They need yeah. someone to be able to come in and play right away. So who is that guy to you? I mean, there. So that it's tough, right? Because the, like, there's guys I really liked. Um, I really like Jamie Robinson from Florida State. Relative top to 30, where, top thirty visit. Yeah, but doesn't surprise me. Um, I liked Antonio Johnson at Texas A and M. Um, I, I really like Sidney Brown, with the exception of the tackling, which is not great <laughs> because how many. You know, how many Darnell Savage or HaHa Clinton Dix tackling attempts do you need to watch, you know, before you just stretch yourself out? Especially, unfortunately, if you're going to play Joe Barry's style, right? Because, like, I could get behind a free safety who can't tackle if we're going to play some center field nonsense, right? Like, if we're going to play the old Sam- the old Seattle three, um, you know, do that kind of thing. And, like, my strong safety is uh, – is a Brian Branch type that just gets you on the ground every time. And I know Brian Branch is like a slot defender, but I'm just talking about he doesn't miss tackles ever. Like Brian Branch just does not miss tackles. So I could get behind a safety tandem of Brian Branch and Sidney Brown or a Brian Branch style player where your strong safety, you know, can, can do a little work in the slot. And, um, but, but when he fills a running lane, like that's it. It's filled. He's he's bringing that player to the ground. Or if you know if a, a tight end catches a four yard out on third and six, it's four yard out, and it's fourth down and two, and they're punting. That's one thing. But if you're going to continue to play too high, you know, cover four, a little bit of cover two, but a ton of you know too high, and you're going to play these light boxes, and you're going to beg these safeties to come down and fill. What are we talking about, man? You have to have guys that can tackle. And so it'll be really interesting to see where they kind of stretch because Amos maybe, but like I don't know what your free agent options even look like at safety. And someone has to play there. And and the answer might be Rasul Douglas. I don't know. Um, but but we will find out because the, some of the guys that I like um, that we've talked about in the Jamie Robinsons, the Antonio Johnsons, it, even even Christopher Smith from Georgia, but but my God, his his Raz is just disqualifying. Um, you know, they're they're guys that 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 theoretically they would just not take, and, and and maybe where you'll see them let it slide a little bit would be like with uh, a Brandon Hill or a Sidney Brown, where they're just maybe not as tall as the Packers would normally like, but but hit everything else. I just don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I it, this safety class when they ran poorly, it was it was a little bit sad because I actually liked a lot of the players. Like I originally had a lot of safeties in my like top one twenty. You know, like a lot of guys that it's like okay, um, you know, Brian Branch. I, I originally thought was going to be like a top 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 level guy. Didn't test to being a top level guy. He became just a solid starter for me, round two type guy. Um, uh, someone I would be fine taking at 15, but not doing backflips. Everyone else was just kind of like, hey, if this goes well and this goes well, he could be a diet Adrian Amos or he could be a functional 
split safety in the league. Now it's like, man, I don't know. With some of these testing numbers, you just don't know. And I think the kid that I look at too, and it's like, man, he might be able to play right away and he might actually have upside upside is the the other Illinois kid, Jartavius Martin. Um, I liked his tape a lot. He he is a tier two guy because he's a little bit light, but man, uh, he he is, uh, if you're looking for an athlete and a playmaker, he's a guy that I think rose up draft boards quite a bit after the combine and after people went back and kind of watched the tape. But uh, moving on to the interior defensive line, um, I'll just say this, bring me Keanu Benton. Just bring him to me. He is a tier one type guy. Wisconsin fans will know who he is. Um, I think he's available in round two, maybe three. And he is someone that I think would play uh, next to Kenny and just be solid. Be solid to, to really good for them. Um, another guy that I like is Moro Ajomo out of Texas. He's an interesting story just because he uh, – I believe uh, he is of Nigerian descent where he came over to the States having graduated high school at age 16 and played at Texas for five years. He's a power five, five years of experience under his belt. He is still only 21 years old. Uh, 9.1 RAS score just below the threshold of what they typically like as far as weight. Um, but enough that it's probably not that big of a deal. Uh, so there are two guys right there that I think are uh, day two, day three type picks. Um, and uh, honestly, with the Jomo, I've had a couple people tell me, hey, he's going to go probably a little bit higher than what uh, the consensus big boards have him at, um, just because of the the athleticism, the age, and the experience that he already has. He's a guy that is pretty coveted by NFL teams. Um, but Ross, who stands out to you on this list? Yeah, I like Benton quite a bit. Um, I agree with you. I don't know how much pass rush upside he has, which is always going to be the conversation with me and defensive linemen. It's why I liked Devontae Wyatt so damn much is just, you know, the way that he was able to make a difference in the passing game. Um, and, and that wasn't something that you always see from an interior defensive lineman. And I'm, it's not surprising to me that, you know, after watching him, they they liked him enough to have him uh, – you know, as, as one of their first round picks, but that's, that's the tough part, right? Is if you, if you love a Keanu Benton, like, do you think he has pass rush juice? Not really. Okay. Not really, but I think, I think he's, I think he's kind of a, a slow burn type guy. And I think you look at the athletic profile that he has and he's still only 21 years old as well. And you look at him and say, well, we love we love how he gets after it in the run game. And we think we're going to be able to teach him to at least maybe be, a, you know, can you be can you be a 20 pressure a year type guy, 20 to 25 pressures a year? That's a super useful player, you know, in the NFL with his ability in the run game already. So, you know, that's why I would love him like in round three that I think he would be such an awesome pick just because I think he uh, would just be solid. Just be a solid player. And I think with what they have on the defensive line right now, with what Wyatt showed as a rookie last year, with Kenny Clark, uh, just adding adding guys like that, supplementing that room, uh, that's that's why I like Benton. Yep, and I kinda I kinda buy that. It, but like I was just I'm kind of making the same argument that I made with people last year and just basically got into like screaming matches about I I don't know, I probably wouldn't have taken uh, Jordan Davis at all. I, I mean, not that he's off my board, but like where he was going to come up and where I was going to be willing to take him 
was just never going to mesh. And I think at least through one year, that's what you've kind of seen. Not that Jordan Davis is a bad player for the Eagles, but what did he do in the Super Bowl? Nothing. Like what, what does he do to affect the passing game? Very little. We're still a passing league. And so that's what's, uh, that's what's interesting to me. Yeah, and I just don't know where those guys are that that fit with what the Packers typically like. Because you look at like uh, Kalijah Cansey, the Pittsburgh kid. I love him. He's he's small. He's small. You know, it's I like know. he's I know. at six one two eighty. Where do you play him? You know, do you just say we don't care? We we just don't care. We we'll just go get the quarterback. Maybe uh, the Packers traditionally have not done it that way. Um, and you know, you still got to be able to play the run it, to an extent. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. It, it's different. And I think like a good comparison for me for like Benton versus a guy like Byron Young from Alabama, I think they're, they're similar as prospects right now. Cause I think they're both pretty proficient as far as stopping the run, but I just think the athletic upside for Benton is there and it's not for young. And I think that's, that's what we're doing here anyways, right? This is all projection. It is all pretty much, I think, you know, Benton played a lot of nose at Wisconsin. And, you know, if you kind of maybe, you know, maybe you let him play a little bit more three and and five in Green Bay next to Kenny, maybe he can generate a little bit of pass rush. And the other thing that I'm going to move off of this into the linebacker, because what's, what's interesting to me, and I think what no one has really talked about for this defense last year, when... Quay, when Devondre and when Chris Barnes were all healthy last year, they got them all on the field at the same time because they they started going to some four three looks. You know, maybe that's a case where you say we can we can make the case for a, a Cansey where we're gonna have come you know we're gonna have Kenny Kenny play the one Cansey play the the three Preston and Gary or. And Igbare are going to be your ends, and we're going to get three linebackers on the field. And that is Quay, that is Devondre, and maybe that's someone like Drew Sanders at linebacker, where I don't know where you would take him. And it might be the craziest thing to talk about him as someone that's like a fit in Green Bay uh, or like a Jack Campbell, you know, a guy that could probably be one of your three linebackers with you know, with Quay and with Devondre and, and, and Jack Campbell is the highest ranked guy as far as RAS um, our tier one types ranked on our board. He's not our highest ranked linebacker, but I mean, imagine, you know, and this is all hearsay, but they did it last year. They, they went into four, three looks last year. So what's stopping them from doing it again? What stopped them from doing it last year was guys got hurt and they couldn't do it. Imagine this 4-3 front with Quay, Devondre, and Jack Campbell, all huge, long athletes. And then you can throw in the fact that maybe maybe Wyatt is the guy that's playing the three-tech. You know, that's, that's all to say, Ross, I'm trying to make a very long-winded argument for why the Packers might maybe draft a linebacker in the top 50 again. And I, I, I know those words probably just pierced a hole through your heart, but – they did it last year at 22, um, and I don't think any of us really saw that coming. But in this year's linebacker class, there aren't a ton of guys. This is not a deep class at the linebacker position. And the two names that I just mentioned, Drew Sanders and Jack Campbell, are two guys that I think if the Packers want the rangy type guys, uh, man, 
there's two right there. The length, the range, the ability to maybe potentially rush the passer. Whew, those two guys can do it. Uh, but outside of that, there's just not a lot of guys that I really like in this year's draft class. Ross, is that is that similar to how you feel or are there any guys that maybe, hey, you could stomach them taking on day three that you think are Packers types? So where – let me – I'm looking for Simpson here. What uh he's a tier tier two right below Drew Sanders. He didn't have Okay. His his broad jump is close, pretty close, not great. Kind of almost a disqualifier, but not quite. So that's Six. interesting because I I don't necessarily agree. Like I, I like Drew Sanders, Trent Simpson, Diane Henley, and Jack Campbell quite a bit. Um I, I was almost annoyed that but the those, but those are like the four consensus top guys. And then after that, it's like a cliff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. Um, you know, I'm a little bit higher on Overshown. Um, and I like Noah Sewell quite a bit. Uh, tested well, although you've got some sort of. He's got a 51 percentile broad jump. Okay. That's, I mean, I, I don't know. The Packers love broad jump. And that would be. Yeah. At the linebacker spot, that would be the lowest one that they would have taken in the last. So probably decade. not, probably not someone they're interested in. Um, I, I understand that eight point three Raz is nothing to be embarrassed about, but probably not, probably not something they're interested in. Um, but yeah, that that Henley Henley Campbell San, Sanders Simpson group is is all guys that I and even. Nah, maybe not overshown, but I, I have a better, I have a higher grade on Sewell than I did on Quay uh, going in. I certainly have a higher grade on the four guys I mentioned than I had on Quay going in. So, um, I think Jack Campbell would have been amazing had they not taken Quay last year. But yeah. what are you going to do? No, and I, I I'm do? with you, and I think. I think Jack. I think the two guys I mentioned, Jack and Drew, are both guys that I think would they be very interested in if they didn't take Quay last year, and that's why I don't think they will be interested in them. But if they I will are, say one I, thing. I will say one thing. People do have the cut Devondre take, and maybe not this year, but after this year, and and that's. Yeah, and that's kind of the road I was going down is if they want to do that, obviously they value the linebacker position. They just took a guy top 25. So maybe they do that. Maybe they say, hey, we want to get ahead of this thing and we want to get our linebacker of the future, which is crazy. But And then the other thing I would say is what I what I already said, man, if they want to start giving more of a, an even front, uh, maybe that's what they want to do. I don't, I don't know. Um, but – it, whatever. If it were, it, I, I'm open to ideas <laughs> on the defense. I'm open to ideas. So uh, that is that. We got Ross. We were like over an hour. So we just we went through every single position. Uh, I hope people enjoy listening to this podcast on their commute and on their commute back, and then maybe on a walk after work as well tomorrow. So uh, we appreciate you guys coming along with us uh, again. Um, everything we talked about is in the draft guide. Uh, make sure you go get one. It's all in there. You can look at. All the fun details, all the nerdy stuff that we all enjoy. But we will catch you guys next week, same place, same time. And until then, go Pack.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.